Welcome to the One Within All to the Interverse podcast. I'm Chance Garten, and today I'm feeling really fired up to cast this here pod deep into your beautiful mind holes. If you're tuning in for the first time, please accept this telekinetic high five. I am so glad you're here. I can practically feel the sweet sting of friendship in my palm. So what we do on this show is get down to blissness with creators of all flavors by cracking open your third ear and pouring in a full one hour serving of creative and conscious conversation, all with the high intention to help inspire you as the artist and designer of your own personal life story. It's the first episode of the year, and I don't know about you, but I can really feel the huge energetic urgency that 2019 is carrying. And I know this is going to be the year that many of us create more sovereignty and freedom for ourselves than ever before. I've got big plans for Interverse and my own individual development as an artist, and I know you're out there making moves too. From the bottom of our universal heart, I thank you for your dedicated service to your own wellness and evolution. The more you change for the better, the more the world around you will respond in kind and never doubt that your contribution to the consciousness field you're plugged into is going to enlighten perspectives in every moment and bring more peace and joy to our torn up world. Since we are at the start of a new year, what better guest to kick things off for us than the great expert astrologer Desiree Fultz returning to the show for a second time with her main collaborator, Charles Fultz. Astrology is a really good thing to have in our minds as we consider what's coming up in the next year. And I'm even going to be using a calendar with astrological movements in this coming year and seeing if I can plan some things around that and possibly harness some of that energy. I'll let you know how it goes, but it sure doesn't hurt to be a little more prepared, even if the astrology part doesn't have anything to do with your success. But if you were with us around September when Desiree came on, you'll recall that she's extraordinarily well-versed in the language of the stars and has a fantastically loving perspective. I'd say she probably brings healing to anyone that spends any amount of time with her. I'm happy to say since our first episode together, we've become great friends, and I'll make sure to link that first podcast in the show notes because back then we spoke about sidereal astrology as opposed to tropical and why the difference matters. And plus members can check out the second hour where Desiree gives me a detailed breakdown of my personal birth chart with really amazingly kind of scarily accurate results. But this time around, we're joined by Charles Fultz too, a guy I've had a huge pleasure of getting to know since meeting Desiree. He's the wise and quiet type for sure, and a heavenly artist in his own right, especially when it comes to wire wrap jewelry, but definitely not limited to that. This guy does a lot of things. Like working as a weapons expert and producer for the huge YouTube channel Zombie Go Boom and organizing great music and art events in the Arkansas area. Check out the show notes for links to charles-foltz.com where you can see and purchase his really amazing crystal powered pieces of wearable art. And look up Desiree's page, Psychic Insights Astrology, where you can contact her for a chart reading of your own at a more than reasonable rate. Considering it's like getting a roadmap for your own mind, I would say it's more than worth it. But astrology isn't the only offering on the Interverse altar today. We're specifically going to be discussing the popular New Agey idea known as twin flames with this power couple that really embodies the meaning of the term. There's a good deal of inconsistency online when it comes to information about this phenomenon and really anything of a spiritual nature. But in short, 
Twin flames are the idea of an incredibly powerful and spiritually transformative relationship that can put one's life on a whole new course towards destiny. The conversation you're about to hear will definitely inspire you to a new level of personal responsibility in your relationship with yourself, your partners, and the world at large. And we wouldn't really want it any other way because here we're all about changing the world by healing our own thoughts, behaviors, and actions, which are what make the world up. I sat down with Charles and Desiree at their idyllic home in Arkansas, which I swear could be a set from the Harry Potter movies, except there are a few more katanas and swords than maybe they would have. <laughs> I had a great time hanging out with them, but I will give you a heads up that our recording setup being in a home with children did create a bit of background noise, some of which I wasn't really able to completely eliminate, but it still sounds more than good enough to listen to. I just get a bit of a complex when I don't have an absolutely flawless recording, which is pretty funny because it's like being upset for not having a unicorn as a pet. It's just not going to happen. I should be okay with that. <laughs> but on the upside, I did get a brand new microphone from my lovely and supportive parental units over the holidays, and it sure does work better than what I had before. There is a lot more equipment that I do need to produce a perfect podcast with deliciously immaculate recordings. If you want to help me get that, then hop on the Interverse Plus train to Funtown. You can find the link in the show notes at patreon.com forward slash Interverse. This show has zero ads ever and no way to generate any revenue except from lovely listeners like yourself. And my dear friends who have joined Plus aren't just sending me money for nothing. As a member, you'll get access to an entire second hour of each podcast conversation and some other nifty perks to go with it. Join me. <laughs> Join me now. Join now. <laughs> Seriously, join. Join now and you'll have the ever-growing archive of extended episodes to enjoy and you'll be moving me a few shekels closer to being a truly professional podcaster. I really do want to get better gear. I want to make a better show. And I maybe would like to even not have to spend time working at an office job to afford food. So the free hour is largely about twin flames and astrological insights about relationships. But in the second hour for subscribers, we do get into the really good and weird stuff like practical magic and invisibility spells, the potential extraterrestrial origins of humanity, and of course, a breakdown of the architecture of universal consciousness, because it wouldn't be a plus extension without that. <laughs> Also, big thanks to Elusive Tuna for the music that I'm using in this episode. Really appreciate the message you guys sent me on SoundCloud. You guys listening can find Elusive Tuna's really excellent squishy, swishy bass sounds on SoundCloud with the link in the show notes, soundcloud.com forward slash Elusive Tuna. And as is customary for the beginning of these shows lately, I'd like to remind you if you've got a moment and you're able to, Go ahead and practice your grounding ritual of choice. And if you don't have one, let me help you out with that. The point of being grounded, beyond all the metaphysical and physical reasons that you might hear, is primarily to just remind yourself that you're okay. <laughs> and that you don't have to feel bad. You don't have to feel stressed. You don't have to have any diminishment in your consciousness at all. So right now, if you're feeling a little tired, if you're feeling a little not stoked about life or just blah in the middle of a repetitious day, 
at a job that you wish to escape or in some sort of part of your life that is a little bit just draining, just remember that it's your imagination that is lacking right now, not your actual energy. Because you are infinite consciousness energy. And if you use your imagination right now, you could actually feel quite a bit more energized. So, what I'd like you to do is try to sense into your body, deep into your core and your torso, or maybe try to feel your feet or your legs or your fingertips. Ideally, try to feel it all. Try to conjure up that tingly feeling inside yourself as much as possible. That's you you're feeling. That's your own actual energy. Try to build up that feeling and while you're there, ask yourself for more. Ask yourself for love. Ask yourself to feel well and at peace and happy and maybe even stoked and awake and alive. Ask yourself for all these things that represent what you want in this moment. And I'll be very surprised if you report back to me that you don't feel like you're at a little bit higher level of consciousness after doing it. There's a lot of ways to get grounded, but that's the simplest one I know of. Just get in touch with your own bodily energy, the electric current that is you, the charge that's straddling heaven and earth within this physical meat suit called a human body. You can always tap into that and stoke that fire and fuel it with thought and imagination. And I hope you're feeling pretty excited right now, like I am to get onto this episode with Desiree and Charles Folds. Welcome to the show guys. Thank you for having us. Yes. Thank you. Two very wonderful new friends of mine. I say new because they're relatively new friends. I'm sitting here in their beautiful home that I was just telling them feels like it's a set out of a Harry Potter movie. Like <laughs> I could see Weasley's living here or something. And you guys both definitely seem like the good type of teacher to get at Hogwarts. <laughs> very magical vibe. So much art and different types of creations. There's The walls are painted with beautiful pictures. Awesome to be in your space and thanks for having me. It's really cool to see the reflection of your psyche that is your home and living space. And yeah, it's really cool. So thanks for having me here. Thanks for talking to me. Thanks for making the drive down. And I was going to say, we actually were saying we have nice art up. We also have some of your art up. Very cool. You need more of it. <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> Next time we hang out, we'll definitely do an art party. The one that you showed us earlier, that one is looking awesome. Also, I wanted to point out, if you notice right by your art, I have the word success pinned above it. I was wishing you good success in your business. Man, that means so much coming from you guys. Wow. Well, I think you can agree 2019 is the year to really make that kind of thing happen for ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel it. I'm feeling the meme of sovereignty 2020 as a concept because it just fits symbolically. And once you have 2020 vision, your perspective is clear. You have more freedom and sovereignty. Let's make it happen. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. 2020 is going to be the best year so far. What are you guys going to be doing between now and then to get yourselves even more free and to uh, help benefit the world around you with your own success and healing and passion? 
One thing we're doing is a book tour this summer, and we'll be traveling through 11 states and making quite a few stops. There's a schedule posted on Facebook, and the link can be provided. And if you're in any of those cities or near them, come see us and say hello. We'd love to meet you. Well, what's the book going to be about? You can't just leave us hanging (laughs) because I'm pretty excited to read that. And I'm sure I'll even have you back to talk about it not too long from now once it is published. But talk about that. This is a good first episode of the year. We have a lot of things to preview. Thank you. I agree. Happy New Year, by the way. Yes. Happy New Year by the (laughs) Vatican calculations of what is time. We heard like bombs going off last night at midnight, you know, all the fireworks. Yeah. Sounded like a war zone. We were like in bed going, oh my gosh, (laughs) we were asleep. (laughs) My power went out and I thought that I did it because I unplugged the vacuum while it was turned on. And right when I unplugged it, the power went out and the whole street was out for only like 20 minutes. It probably wasn't me that did it, but the more I learn about the power grid as it is and versus what it could have been if we were using a more grounded form of electricity, (laughs) it actually seems kind of plausible that maybe I did knock the power out and it just took them that long to scramble and fix it. Anyway, if you're out there from my neighborhood and I did do that, sorry. (laughs) But yeah, it made me think the apocalypse maybe had started. But tell me about the book. Yeah, I'm getting us off track. It's called Sidereal 13, Gate and Key. Gate and Key is the main title, but it's, it's about 13 sign astrology in the sidereal ecliptic. And I won't go too much into detail about it right now, but um, if you like astrology, especially interesting looks at astrology, more esoteric, you might give it a look. I kind of would like to go more deep into it, but we have plenty of other material to discuss. And I'm sure to some degree, astrology is going to keep circling its way back into the talk on its own accord. (laughs) Well, it affects everything. Or you could say it reflects everything is another way of putting it. It's a way of seeing it. It's just like, you know, in the matrix, there was this trickling code in the screen and, you know, hey, I see a blonde, I see a brunette, I see people, I see individuals. And when I look at their chart, I also see traits that other people have in common with them because they have specific planetary alignments. I see patterns. It's just a way of seeing patterns and the way things are in genetic terms like we're all spirals of dna in the universe you know we're, we're tiny little bits of a larger body and if you learn to look at the code you can kind of see how they relate to each other and learning about those particular traits in yourself and having almost like an objective look like you're studying your own fingerprint or something as if there was i guess you can look at your palms and there's information there too i mean it's everywhere almost anything that you look at deeply and focus on you start to learn about yourself but when you do that then you can see what maybe strengths you have and then what things that you could work on to be stronger at. I don't even want to say that you have weaknesses. You just have things that are ready to be developed. (laughs) Isn't another way of putting it, right? What do you feel about the concept of weaknesses in astrology and almost like faded relationships that are going to guarantee go well versus not go well? Uh, Like, Where's the free will factor there? Do you think that someone who had a chart that was just absolutely atrociously aligned to another person's could just stubbornly make some sort of relationship work with that person if they're at a high enough level of consciousness? Well, I think every relationship comes to us for a reason. And even the ones that are bad teach us things about ourselves, the reflections of who we are too, because we react to people. You know, we, we control our reactions to things. And that's really the only thing you have control of is your reaction to the world around you. If people do things around you that offend you, ask yourself, why are you offended? Really look at why you're offended. Did Uh, they mean it, you know, or are you just choosing to be offended? I think that 
it turns out that you were already feeling that way and you were just blocking it from yourself. And then that person or situation came along to show you how you felt so that you could figure out what made you feel that way to begin with. A lot of times I think when people are offended by someone or they dislike something about someone, it's often a reflection of that part of themselves. And if it's something they don't like about themselves, maybe a part they wish they could develop better. Maybe that person's really good. I see this a lot with women, the difference between, you know, there's, there's an empowering woman, one that empowers another one. And then there's, and, and same with men, men that empower each other, people that empower other people. And then there's those that can't see their own worth. And so they're always clawing at other people to find their weaknesses. And so if you're that person who's hating, why? Because you see a weakness in you, you see it in them because maybe you see a strength in them and you covet that, whatever it is, find something to love about that person. And you might find something to love about yourself too. It kind of reflects, you know, the way you love yourself and the way you love other people. But your reaction to people is really a lot how your relationship's going to go. I've had a lot of bad relationships in my life and I, I've always been kind of ignorant about relationships. I've been around some really unique relationships in my life and that, you know, has formed interesting opinions. Matt Green was very religious and my soul has a need for freedom. And there's just things that, you know, in my, my, my own background that I couldn't accept for relationships. So I was seeking for relationships, but I was destroying relationships as I was going to because I didn't know how to love myself. So I didn't know how to love other people either. But it's often the way you love yourself is the way you can learn to love other people. So when you destroy relationships... It's not necessarily good or bad, but you learn from that. As long as you can just like forgive it, let go, you know, sometimes the hurt people hurt people because they don't understand how to love. And once you learn how to love, once you learn to empower a weakness, like for example, if I see a weakness in somebody's astrological chart, I know that's something they're going to struggle with, but eventually they'll become really good at it. Chiron in particular is one I like to point out. It's a, it's a, um, an asteroid. It represents the wounded healer. So the part of yourself that keeps hurting is the part that you'll become the most masterful at your magic. My Chiron happens to be in the seventh house, which is relationships, and which is why we're talking about relationships today, because I've had some interesting relationships. <laughs> but I really feel like that the types of relationships I have with people now are reflective of who I am and who I really would like to you know, put out there. And so in writing the book and doing a book tour... It's about the relationships of people that I've, that have become my clients and my friends and business is relationships. Everything you do is relationships. And when you look at astrology, there's 12 houses. You start out in the first house and it's your first awareness. Okay. Your the first quadrant is how you develop yourself. And you're really kind of not aware of other people at that point. You're really working on you. The second quadrant you become aware of other people, but you're still trying to kind of be you. And then by the time you get your, your third quadrant, it's all about relationships because everything you do becomes relationships with people. The passions that you develop in your fifth house, like if you love music or you love doing this or that, those are the things you want to develop and you have to have partners for those things. You develop relationships along the way for that. And in the fifth house, you fall in love. You develop relationships with others romantically. There's different ways you develop relationships along the houses. And then once you hit the seventh house, that's the house of partnerships. And then it splits off. And that whole quadrant is about sharing the eighth house, the seventh house, the ninth house, even philosophy and teaching and learning the higher mind, connecting dots. And then by the time you get to the last quadrant, it's the winter of life. It's kind of like the mark you leave on the world based off of all those relationships you've developed in your life. You have a lot of people sometimes asking about, will they meet their twin flame? That's the relationship that's really buzzing right now. You know, people talking about on the internet or whatever. You've seen the, the term, right? 
oh yeah, I'm familiar with the term, is something I want to discuss because what you've been talking about makes me think about the fact that it seems to me any relationship I've ever been in, I could have acted differently and had a different experience or reacted differently and had a different experience and that a lot of the problems that I had with a partner were usually things that I imagined and projected upon them and thereby created sort of a monster in my mind out of them, blaming them as the reason why this or that wasn't right in my life. But then at the same time, thinking that I saw some kind of deep potential in them that I could bring out by sticking with them. And so there's two things going on there. You're projecting your shortcomings on the other person and you're projecting your virtues on the other person. The deep potential you see in them is actually what you feel exists inside yourself. And it's not that you need to just separate from that person and instantly you'll be all better. In fact, I think doing that leaves some unfinished business between you and that particular part of the the field of humanity or the global consciousness. I find that I kind of have ripples and waves of those past people come at me in the form of other people or situations that I still haven't resolved things with from past relationships that went poorly. So I guess what I'm saying is if you can find a way to be in a radical, non-judging place and loving to the other person, no matter who they are or what shortcomings you may think you're seeing in them, they'll probably, one of two things will happen. They'll either sort of transform into almost a twin flame level synchronicity of a person with you because that's how you're treating them with perfect respect and care, or they will move away from you because they don't match that vibrational frequency and they will no longer, they'll naturally, things will move apart and you won't have to even karate chop your way out of a situation. You'll, it'll be more, I think, graceful, smooth transition type thing. I think those are possible. I actually agree with you on the part where you're saying that I think any relationship has the potential to be a twin flame, but it might not be in this lifetime because of exactly what you just said. Expounding on that, those ripples, they have consequences in the eternities. And like you said earlier too, there's mental time travel. You go back and you look at a situation. Can you change that? Yes. And when you do, you change the future. It's time travel. You go back in your psychological time and you change the future by changing your perspective and accepting a new belief about that person or that thing. And that part of the universe heals. That part of your relationship heals. You get closer to that person or that consciousness. That consciousness can arrive in another person. Okay. So that consciousness collects over time. And eventually when you're raised to that consciousness in your level of relationships, your twin flame arrives and it can be now or later. So you've got to get relationships right before you're going to get your twin flame. You have to love yourself. You really have to love you. And that's the crux of it. I didn't expect it to happen. She didn't expect it to happen. We felt something. We didn't know what it was. I, at the time, had just gone through sort of like an ego death because I was a part of a YouTube channel. Well, I'm a part of the channel again now, but for a while, about two years, I was not a part of this YouTube channel. And we had amassed about 1.7 million subscribers on YouTube. And you know, that sort of thing kind of builds your ego up because every day you have like hundreds of thousands of people sort of like worshiping you. And it kind of gets monotonous and, and tiresome and and you, you find yourself repeating the same thing every day. And so then you, you develop an anger just because you have to deal with so many people, but at the same time, it's you have the power to reach all those people. I think I'm getting a little bit off topic, but the issue was I had developed an ego 
from all of that. And so after I left the YouTube channel, I was, I, I decided to go live out in the woods on this off-grid farm because I was just tired of society and everything. And then out there, I sort of drove myself mad <laughs> for a while. It was kind of nice because it was like camping, but then winter hit and, uh, you know, food, food rations got shorter and, you know, it was harder to do anything. We had to keep warm uh, we were cold all the time. We didn't have running water or electricity. It was crazy. So by the time the end of the end of the winter rolled around, I was like, I was ready to like, you know, off myself in some way, but I decided to live around on this earth and uh, I was like, okay, okay, universe, if this is my bit, you know, if, if, if I have to live on these rocks and just scratch, you know, scratch these rocks to try to get food, then that's what I'm gonna do. And, uh... I love this guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have died. Hang on. <clears throat> I mean, I've experienced a near-death experience and similar to him, you know, I was ready to off myself in some way, like, okay, I have a checkout point coming. That's actually something you can see in astrology. <laughs> like people can see death transits and people get so scared by them. But the thing is, you'll get a death transit, usually in your eighth house, sometimes connected to the 12th. And what you'll see is an opportunity to check out or to stick around. <laughs> he stuck around and so did I. And and you, we were both homeless. I mean, at one point we both lost everything. And I, I did the awkward thing too. It was tough, winters were tough, but it, it had a, like, there was something so primal and free about it at the same time that it was such an experience that I wrote it like a wave. It was like, this is awesome. I just had no responsibility with society whatsoever. <laughs> I camped, I had fires. It was like living a tribal life, you know? Back to what I was going to say, or what I was finishing up saying. After I had accepted that, you know, I was going to live on this farm and be no one for the rest of my life and basically just be a farmer, you know, which was fun, but it was not as rewarding as, as I wanted. I wanted more out of life, but I accepted it. And at that point, my ego fled. That's when it clicked. That's whenever we came together. Yeah. And, uh, you know, started. Some things had to happen, though. Started to work together. We both had to and have similar like, experiences. It's a powerful thing. And, like, I can't even think about it without... <laughs> this is happening <laughs> I've seen a few other couples a lot of times the actual twin flame phenomenon comes from both people having that gate passive I can check out right now <laughs> or something's gonna happen bam they meet their other half because they decide to, to love life enough to stay <laughs> and so life comes to them I really won't go into detail but I actually know from experience what you're talking about passing by one of those checkout gates <sighs> yeah and it's weird it's a weird it's a weird experience it's pretty much impossible to put into words don't know how to put it it could happen through psychedelics or through a near-death experience or a variety of ways but what i think matters most about the concept of twin flames is it's not like necessarily something you choose per se you do choose it but it's not like you get to just say okay this is a twin flame relationship i'm gonna make it be one it's almost like the movie script ordains that you and this other person were going to <laughs> come together in this this powerful way so like settle just don't settle for anything less than that is what i'm saying is if you're a person that wants to be in that level of relationship then just don't settle for anything other than that and don't settle for anything other than that with your own self like be that level of epic by yourself as if you were in one of these power couple relationships that you would call a twin flame relationship. And then 
you'll either attract the exact vibrational match to your best self because that's what you're putting out or you will continue to be your best self indefinitely because that's what you've intended to do and you're acting towards. So it's a win-win, really. Yeah, I was hell-bent actually on never getting married and never having kids because I was like, you know, there's already too many orphans in the world. I don't really plan on having a whole lot to offer. Well, I didn't at the time. So I just wanted to like do my own thing and just travel and 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 be, what's the word, transient and just go wherever I wanted, whenever I wanted. But then I met her and everything was like, it clicked, like she said. And uh, it's after after I let go of everything, after I let go of, of everything I wanted, everything I thought I wanted, the society had built up. And yeah, that's whenever everything clicked. So that's what I had to do. I don't know. It could be different for other people. I don't know. How was it for you? What were you, what were, what were you feeling right before that time? Well, another one of the phenomena you hear about with Twin Flames is you'll often have completely different backgrounds. It's like some weird karmic thing you have to go through together where you have to destroy who you are to be with that person, to be true to who you are and who you are with that partner. And that's a common thing you see. I mean, I don't know if it happens to all of them, but... Well, it happens on certain levels. It happens on different levels for different partners. Like one of the things that I had to destroy to be in my partnership, but this isn't like it was forced on me or even asked of me, but this is just, I would not have matched with my partner if I didn't do this. But my heart wanted to make this change, but it was like literally destroying one of the major parts of my life was giving up eating meat. My partner never asked me to do that or told me to do that, allowed me to, without giving me a hassle, to do that when we first got together. And uh, as I came more into knowing my inner self and my true feelings, it was natural that 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 part of myself completely died and is gone. And... I've stayed more open and emotionally free as a person since then. And yeah, that's something that's a big part of myself that had to go away to be the version of myself that could be with that partner without ever having it forced on me though. So that's just one example because it'll happen in a variety of ways. In some ways you won't even be able to tell until like a couple of years after it and you go, wow, I don't even do that thing anymore that I used to do or whatever. Interesting that you would say that because I was really destructive to myself in a lot of ways. You know how people, I, I wasn't the cutter, but there were cutters, you know, how people hurt themselves. I hurt myself in different ways where people couldn't see it. Like, for example, I, I had a nervous habit of chewing the inside of my mouth until it bled. Whoa. Do you know what I'm talking about? <clears throat> uh, I, I do that on accident. <laughs> I, I haven't done it since I've been with Charles. And before that, it was a problem my entire life. And I thought someday that's going to kill me. You know, it'll die. I'll die from cancer of it. But that part of me healed. And so I didn't, it, that fear's gone. But it was really interesting because there's something about you. Usually that the partner will heal. It's like a marker that you'll go, there's something about this person that heals me. And, you know, it's supposed to be healing relationship. There's, there's a magic between you because you're one flesh. And as your flesh notices things about the other flesh that is, is hurting or imperfect, it heals it because you're one flesh. And you notice too that whenever you're in love or very, very enthusiastically affectionate towards someone, I'll say, you want to take better care of yourself. You want, and it's not always necessarily because you want to do it for the other person. At a certain point, you realize once you get into that, it's just about the excitement for life that the other person brings to you that makes you want to have or gives you more of the energy needed to like, I don't know, go to the gym or something. But anybody that is in the beginning of a, a very powerful relationship is typically that's their strongest uh, self-care time too. So I've I've noticed that as a, a pattern with people. So that's, I guess that's what it is that heals us about these type of twin flame relationships, isn't that the other person always waves um, 
magic fingers over your head and now you are completely perfectly healed and your body is magically fixed. It's more like what you care about is what gets done in the world. And so if you have a life with someone that you really like and care about, then you will do more. You'll be more motivated to do what it takes to have even better life. And it's a like good creating a good sequence of events with another person creates good consequences that follow. And then those good consequences resonate off each other and give you more that give you energy to sow more good actions together. <laughs> We're also dealing with everyone else's, you know, cycles and everyone else's lives around you, you know, so you got to like fit those things in between all that. And sometimes yeah. it's just like a matter of lining, lining it all up. No, that's true. Merging lives with another person is no small thing. So that's another point we should probably make is that it's really not necessary for life, I guess, that uh, everyone even goes through this type of a twin flame union. It might not even... Like, look right. at your chart. Yeah, not all twin work. flame unions are romantic in nature. Some yeah, it could them, be business type relationships. Mm-hmm. It can be, exactly. Because there's different things created in different relationships that are powerful. Some, make, some people make kids. Some people make enterprises. Some people make art. That's what I want to segue to, actually, is how being in a right reciprocity in your relationships with a partner or just with the world and with yourself, especially with yourself, how does that affect your creative ability and what kind of things do you guys do collaboratively together? Because I want to kind of catalog all that because there's way more than I can even think of. (laughs) Everything, really. Well, we have three main things that we do. Uh, She does astrology and I do jewelry. And then together we do our events business. And she has events that she focuses on and I have events that I focus on and we kind of like help each other out when we need to. Mm-hmm. You know? so. Yeah. We make a good team. We just, we support one another. Like we gift each other things for our businesses. He's bought me things and surprised me with like headphones for my studio and then I'll buy him gems, you know, right. we, it's fun because we're, we support each other right. and we're, we're excited for each other's success. Our businesses support each other, you know, right. that's how it should be. I think it helps out a lot, but you know, as far as our day to day life goes, we, we work from home. We cannot work for other people. We're not, we're not that kind of person. So we have to do stuff, uh, you know, for ourselves mm-hmm. and it, it really, you know, it's hard to balance running three businesses and your home life. <laughs> Especially with as many kids we have here, you know, together, I think we do a lot. One of my favorite things that I think we create together is opportunities for people and memories and, and experiences for people because of the events we throw, you know, people go and those memories become a part of their life forever. Some people are like, Hey, you, you're in that person's psyche, that part of their memory. I'm glad if they remember it as a positive thing. I hope everybody would experience anything that, you know, we host as, as a positive experience. I've, I've had some experiences with that where people have come to me later and told me how important the events that we've put on ha- has been to their family or to their children, building their confidence and doing, giving them ways to express themselves and to outlet their talents. So that's something that I see that we do together a lot. And, and it makes me feel fulfilled as a couple that we, we're, we're together a lot because we work together from home. So we get that time. We have a lot of quality time together, which is, I think, really important. So whatever your partnership is, you need quality time to be able to create what it is you leave your mark on the world together with. And a twin flame relationship will leave a mark on the world. And it's not easy, I was going to say. Um, it's never easy. Especially uh, whenever you first get together, usually there's like a big urge to split apart. 
you know, like mm-hmm. something in your life will make being together really inconvenient and really difficult. <laughs> it's just yes. easier just to go separate ways. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you have some experience with that? Well, it's not like something my partner did or anything. It's not something that's my partner's fault, but I'll just say that, yeah, that that's so true. And whatever it is, it's like, it's this weird voice in your head that's constantly trying to undermine you and tell you, yeah, but what if this doesn't work? What if you're wrong? What if, what if, what if, what if, what if, and uh, the truth is how you feel in your heart. So that's what you should listen to. Not that you shouldn't check out your intuition when it's telling you something, but you ought to be able to tell the difference between kind of irrational OCD style fears versus some actual warning about your own safety from your yourself, you know? Intuition is usually like a soft, quiet voice. And it's sort of like a feeling, sort of like a gentle breeze. Like holding a picture lightly in your head, not focusing too hard, but letting it just drift in your head. Yeah. And then there's the, the fear-based what people think is their intuition when they're like, oh, someone, or if, if they leave right now, they're going to crash. Oh my gosh, I, I feel it. I'm so angry about it. You know, like that, if it brings anger, it's generally not your intuition, basically is what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. I agree. If it's disturbing, mm-hmm. if it's disturbing, you can, you know, if it's creating feelings in you that don't feel good, your tendency to move away from things, you know, when something doesn't feel good, but what you should do is confront it, cast a light on it. As we talked about earlier, light, and a lot of people live in the gray area and they can't see their shadow. They, they can't define, they don't define who they are. They don't know who they are. But when you define your, your light, your shadow becomes very confrontatious with you and it will fight with you, but you need to see it. And then you, when you see the beauty of its shape, you realize that you it, you couldn't see it without you and it wouldn't exist with, you know, you need each other. Well, you wouldn't even see a shadow if there wasn't one. So there's usually something casting the shadow. Yeah, what I always like to say is you we don't know what good is if we lose sight of what evil is. You have to know one to know the other. And there's there's value in these sharply contrasting dualities in our, our world. There's creative value. You guys showed me some music to get back to talking about the different outlets you have uh, individually and collaboratively. And Desiree showed me some very spiritually powerful music that's like top secret, amazing project uh, that maybe we'll talk about later on in the future future. Anyway, it's just a mind blow to me how many different avenues, you said three different businesses, uh, but how many different avenues of creation you guys have got going on. True evidence of the power of magical thinking and living, not magical, like childlike magical thinking where you just decide something is something that it isn't and you know, lacking the reality principle, because obviously the reality principle is in what you do as well. You're on the ground providing for hungry mouths. <laughs> you're not just even taking care of your own selves. And best of all, you're expanding imaginations for a lot of people with your events that you do. Tell us about the event coming up in just like a short, by the time this comes out, a very short amount of time. Tell us about this event. Tell us what it's called, where it's at, the actual date date of the event, I believe is January 12th. The January 12th one, I think it's a human experience team event. Okay. And that's the death, fire and rebirth. And that one is an event where you can go and find out a past transits. We just talked about checkout points, death, fire and rebirth. If you want to know if you're having one, or if you're sometimes you lose family members during those people die, 
Not always. Sometimes they change. In fact, if they don't die, they'll change. <laughs> That's it's necessary. Checkout points are you check out or you change. And those are, those are best. Uh, like look, look for those transits for meeting your twin flame. Look for that, for those transits for realizing them. Do you know what I mean? You might not, you might already know them, but you might not realize it until those transit happens. I knew it the day that I met her that I was going to marry her someday. And I even like, after I, uh, we, we met each other at a convention in another city that we didn't, neither of us lived in. We met each other just walking through the hallway and we talked for like 45 minutes. And as soon as she turned and, you know, as soon as she left, I turned to my friends and I said, Hey, someday I'm going to marry that woman. <laughs> Five years later, I did. <laughs> Cool. A few years later, yeah, for sure. It was. Um, was it five or three? It was three, three but we've okay. been together almost five. Oh, yeah, because we met in twenty twelve. Yeah, right. but it's it's really interesting how it happened because I was married, and blinders on because you know I'm loyal, and trying to make what I was in go you know work, and I tell you that just the universe had plans. I had plans, I guess. I'd written a book, and described a man that I'd been seeing in my dreams. I wrote a character as him being the main hero of the book, drew pictures of him. And it was him. It was Charles. One of the things I said to him when I walked up to him was, Hey, you look just like the character in my book. <laughs> and I laughed and I showed him pictures and you're like, Hey, it kind of does. And she was actually wearing a costume yeah. she had made from uh -huh. one of the characters in the book. I was wearing the queen costume that yeah. she, when she realizes, you know, it's like it weird. I wrote it. I dreamt it. And you're, Oftentimes a twin flame will like, you're going to have seated thoughts throughout your dreams or throughout your life or see patterns. There's always patterns, something calling to you. Some people see it in numbers. Some people see it in time. Some people see it in feelings or other experiences, but I saw him and knew him in a different way, but he saw and he saw and knew me the minute our souls connected. I couldn't because I was committed in something and things had to happen to me before I could even see him. But there was a push-pull. There always is a push-pull. And I was always drawn to him. And I would always make an opportunity to do business with him anytime I could because something magnetic about him just like drew me to him. And so we did business together. You know, we tried to do some creative projects together. And that's kind of where I think our... I, I started to realize I was falling in love with him and realizing that I needed him in my life was we did everything together. We were creative together. We could spar together. Like I could grapple with him. And he's you know, gentle and then rough when I need him to be so that I can get better. You know, he's not just nice because he's my equal. He, I don't feel like he puts me above or below him. He checks me when I need to be checked and it's, there's a respect. <laughs> yeah. Vice versa. <laughs> but you know, it takes a powerful man to check me because I'm a very driven and I have Mars in my 10th house. Men don't put me in my place. You know, they never have. I was always the one being chased and I was like, uh, whatever, no one will have my heart. No one, no one will conquer this heart, but he did. <laughs> so, well, you like, it seems like you tailor made him and you were on, <laughs> you made each other in a way cut from the same piece of cloth, possibly in terms of a soul sense or like fruit off the same branch of the great soul tree of life, that type of thing. As far as manifestation goes, she manifested me in her way and I manifested her in my way. Well, we realize all the time, me and my partner will be doing something together and we'll turn to each other and go, I used to always imagine doing this, whatever it is, with a person that was my partner that I loved. I used to always imagine that. And then like it just, things just keep happening like that. So you do, it doesn't matter if you write it down in a story or not. You can like definitely draw yourself. It's okay to 
have dreams and goals, even about a, a relationship and a partner, as long as you're not putting yourself in the place that you're lesser because you haven't found that person. Right. Yeah. Well, that was, that was pretty expensive there. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. I just bomb dropped it right in the middle of you guys talking, uh, interruption. <laughs> That's one thing that my partner helps me check on without being judgmental of me is my huge tendency to interrupt. <laughs> Uh, and it's what happens is she's gentle and she'll just let it go and won't try to force her words in. And then I'll be like, but I wanted to hear what you said. I will realize just what I'm losing out on by being the interrupter. It's like, I don't need to know what I was going to say. I already knew that shit. We have some common third houses, I think. If I remember about our natal charts and I have the same, you know, it's something I consciously like. I, I, I really, I listen and soak in every word, especially when he talks, because he's like the, uh, the perfect saying to describe Charles is, Let's see, words are silver, but silence is gold. I do like quiet time. I'm the silver tongue and he's the gold one. So the issue is we have, uh, you know, in between anywhere from one to four to three kids at the house at any time. So there's always noise here. (laughs) Except for when everyone's asleep. And by that time, I'm so worn out that I want to sleep too. (laughs) And it's worth it to go ahead and sleep at that time. And then I found out that having Gemini in... The rising sign makes you very apt to want to explain shit and just like really, really articulate. Yeah. I am in Gemini rule or Gemini ruled third house. It's just so meta because I can tell people that and explain it, and I can explain why it is that I like to explain shit. And yeah, <laughs> it's ironic. Same, same. It's a gift and a curse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because it's not malicious the the interrupting that you or I do, but it's also partially inherited behavior from parents too so I'd, I'd be curious to see my dad's chart and see if he's got similar stuff going on do you see a lot of similarities between like parent to child yes and oh my gosh that is one of the most interesting things i'm delving into is like genealogical astrology astrology where you can look at the gen- if you have everyone's birth dates and information you can look and you can see the traits that are inherited from each parent and we look at the charts and i see oh my gosh she has this and that is so you and there it is in her personality and uh, you can look at the fourth house for the mother's traits and in the 10th house for the father's traits if you're looking at your chart if you want to see what your parent was like the fourth house and the 10th house and if there's nothing there you look at the lord you look at saturn and you look at the moon and that's the kind of parent you had it's really interesting. Like I've read a lot of charts where I've, I've guessed it down to as specific as was your dad an oil rigger? And they're like, Oh my gosh, how could you have known that because of the specific placements I saw their Saturn sitting in? It's really interesting. You can look at, at your children. If you want to see what kind of children you're going to have, look in your fifth house. It describes the kind of children you're going to have. And so when you see a lot of times the fifth house will ha- will share common planets with the fourth house in the child's chart. Because the child had, like, for example, if I have Neptune in one, then the child will have an overlapping Neptune as is relation to the mother child. It's really interesting. But genealogical astrology shows patterns. It's a whole nother topic. But even just with the relationship thing, those are relationships too. Because you are like a conglomerate, obviously, of at least your past six to eight generations, they can actually find that genetic material. But beyond that, it's, it's more magical. You can have like a genetic anomaly that just pops up from the past. And you see a lot of bloodlines kind of will hide out for a while and then suddenly they're back and genetic gene pools will thrive and, you know, they spread and different 
types of consciousness, like we go here and go there. And it's actually genetic, but you can see it in the star charts too. So the planets, as they weave, they're weaving DNA. They're weaving little tiny, like they call it, what are they called? The muses in the Greek? The muses, they weave the strands. That's literally them explaining how astrology weaves the threads of destiny. Isn't that cool? Yeah, and they're like threads of light because there's a connection from light source to where light lands, I guess you could say. Uh, at least if we're going with the Einstein's model of relativity and how light works, then theoretically, there's not even time for that light beam. It is both at its point of emission and every point along its journey and its point of where it lands, I guess, for Which wrong totally phrase, your eyeball. Psychological is, time is possible for time travel because it's just of the mind and it relates to time. Yeah, and it's lights that are flashing in your mind's eye. Exactly, and there flashes glimpses of it as it spins. So now if you can go back and change one in the past, you've changed the future. <laughs> it's not like the past exists anywhere other than in your mental recreation of it. Anyway, that's the only place it does exist. So if you are tidying up your interior by changing your perspective on things that happened to you in your past, it makes sense that you would have a more comfortable life because just like dusting your living room <laughs> makes you feel a little less oppressed by your past. <laughs> you got to clean up the, the that detrius. It just builds up over time and we re-examine our space every now and then and see what it is that we can clean up. And that's just part of living psychologically and physically. I think that's such a cool parallel to be drawn for sure. I feel like I had a good question to lead into. Oh, well, you were talking about different bloodlines and different traits, magical traits even popping up in humans over time, just almost out of nowhere. And I almost see that possibly as being connected to the like you said, astrology to like the, the cycle that's described as the yugas in the Vedic system, mm -hmm. where maybe <laughs> maybe even in an age of destruction where uh, populations and indigenous civilizations are entirely wiped out and there's even maybe tampering with our history mm -hmm. and there could be a lot, there could be entire groups of peoples that we've never even heard of or don't understand because we don't understand what their megaliths or the things they left behind we've been told are someone else's ruins or or what have you there's all kinds of potential for messing around <laughs> with our with our history and our timeline and who we think we are maybe it's just so that whenever those abilities and powers do pop up people are conditioned to not believe in them so they don't have much of an impact on the sort of world control system this you know this sounds like you could you could construe this as sort of like a paranoid perspective on the world but to me it's not paranoid to look at the world as having a big control grid system because most people are not fully in control of their own self and i don't mean control like restricting their emotions or not letting themselves be themselves but they're not in freedom you know and so if that's the case then something external has to be in control because if you that's just how it is. Something's controlling everything. <laughs> Which in some cases can be good, but also bad. So we look at it in a paradox. A lot of souls come here and some of them don't receive very much light. They're new souls. So their IQs will be lower. You know, they, they won't perceive or connect dots, but you can direct them on a normal task and they can be productive and live happy lives. Those people do need people to think for them. But what we're trying to do is raise the vibration so that everyone's consciousness is more powerful so that everyone can think for themselves and act for themselves. And you do that by lighting candles. 
you don't get any lighter by blowing people's candles out. So by lighting people's light, by seeing the light come on in them, you, you do your magic to light the consciousness of humanity. And those types disappear. They, bre- they breed out. And you can have hierarchy that's positive. You don't, not all hierarchy has to be malignant. That's one of the things that current controllers sort of mess us up on is thinking that all forms of governance are bad. Government is mind control. Self-government is the best kind of government. Or even like regional tribal type systems and situations where there might be rules or laws, clan style, but have you know the people that are in charge of those things and there's some rhyme or reason as to and maybe some respect of elders that's involved and maybe respect of everybody i've been thinking lately if grandma was present and everything that people were doing then they wouldn't do half of the evil stuff that they do (laughs) we just shove her aside though because the, the elder part of our consciousness is holding us accountable for the younger and wild side of it and you know we we exist as a society that's why we're supposed to respect one another's opinions, you know, as much as we can, but yet live our own freedom. But, you know, when you think about it, 2019 is going to be the year of consciousness awakenings because of the Uranus trying the sun. It's going to be like that for a while. And we just got past, see, Uranus was trying Neptune for all of this past year. And a lot of people got into magic. Suddenly all these magic shops popped up everywhere. And now all these people who are reading cards are deciding to go public. Magicians and magic is coming out of the woodwork. My generation, it, um, there was about a five-year period. I was born in 78. There was a five-year period around my birthday that Neptune was in a fucus. And so the magicians who were making movies and music in my generation have influenced the millennials that are awakening and on mass scale. The Uranian energy is going to be really powerful with the ego right now. So what you're going to see is the sun rules the ego. The sun rules your consciousness, what, what, you, what your inner child wants to do, your inner truth. People are going to awaken to their inner truth this year. Those that are positively um, using that energy will be true and right, and they'll have amazing ideas that will propel them forward in their careers, in their artistic expression. You know, those who are using it, you know, in a, in a negative way or not quite grasping the energy in a good way, you'll see things like being indecisive, changing before there's any route taken, you know, being too fickle. You've got to be committing with something that you're truly passionate about to use this energy in a really magical way. So if you're using it like that, you will have opportunities and growth in whatever area you allow your genius to express itself. So it's a really good year for that. Probably, I would guess, a good year for you learning and adapting new uses of technology to further those goals. Yes. Right? Since we're talking about Uranian energy. We just got new phones. <laughs> upgrade my SIM card. Yes, exactly. And I, I see new computers in my future this year too. I'm just gonna we're gonna upgrade a lot of our gear. I bought a bunch of electronic gear this year. So exactly right. Money's coming in. Oh, and also because it's it's big flashes of it could be big flashes of income, especially if Venus is connected to it. So a lot of people will do really well financially if you have a positive aspect in big waves that are sudden and like surprising. So your 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 the idea for your business that makes it take off can happen this year. Just allow yourself to think and trust the thought. And when it feels so rooted and intense, just focus on it. Because you know a lot of people will have the tendency to go, "It's so cool," but there's maybe maybe there's a better idea. If it got you and you're pulled in, focus on it. It's going to blossom. You know, like let it be natural, let it flow. Because uh, the tendency there with Uranus is to kind of be indecisive. 
or to get a bit egotistical, you know, waves of ego pride swells. So be careful for those. But the, the positive way to use the ego pride swells to ride the wave of your success and to show the love to other people by supporting other people with your success. Yeah, very well said. There's actually nothing wrong with being proud of yourself. It's just a matter of putting yourself on a pedestal above all others and getting to a point that you're proud of by taking away from others. That's not something to be proud of. Mm -hmm. So true pride definitely is something that can be felt in a balanced way. And it's actually fuel Mm -hmm. that can give you more enthusiasm. And what I was saying before, nothing gets done that you don't care about. So it's good to have enthusiasm and to care a lot. Mm -hmm. I think it's really a great for great forecast for 2019 there <laughs> so look at how Sounds you're good look at how it sits in your chart and those are the areas that you might see the most um activity you know and and opportunity to thrive and prosper so look at where uranus and the sun is sitting because they're going to have a really good aspect all year and those are the two houses you're going to see a connection to like wow all these things are happening here why why am i so lucky here because those are where those flashes of insight are coming from and your ideas are what helps you create your reality. So if you're getting flashes of insight in your ideas and your genius, one of them is going to be so amazing that it's going to improve your life. So listen to your intentions, listen to your, your thoughts, your ideas. And if one strikes you, write it down and just start, go, 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 get, get on the stick and do it, but stick with it. That's the important thing that most people won't stick with it. That's the hard thing with Uranus energy. But if you do, you'll see like exponential growth. And don't fall into the temptation to burn yourself out on whatever you're passionate about by going, what they say, 120%, bro. Right, let it flow naturally. (laughs) 70% is a great rate. It'll come in waves. But it should be, I think this is something that reflects in you and Charles' life, is that ultimately creativity is kind of a job. Like if you are turning your art into a a sustenance in some way, trying to get green squares of paper to turn into food. But if it's really going to be sort of natural and actually not stress you out and kill you, it has to just be a part of your lifestyle. You can't look at what it is you're doing as a a grind. And that's a part of the 70% effort, also keeping up the consistent effort. Those two things combined. I think that will be keys to success in 2019 as well, is that integrating your imagination with your everyday so that you might even only jump on to whatever it is that you're building or painting for 20 minutes right here. But that's all you even had time for this day because there's so much going on. But give yourself even those small bursts and let it stay on your mind constantly, not in a dwelling on it or obsessive way, but just where you're revisiting it frequently enough that your unconscious mind can just keep grinding out new ideas and solutions and techniques to innovations. And when you come back, even if you only sat down for 15 minutes yesterday, you, you sit down today and you still have that momentum and then you jump into it. And I th- that's kind of where we could all benefit from uh, staying in that place, I think. Another really good analogy to help people understand in terms of light, Uranus is like flashes of light coming to the sun because they're connected. Okay. So imagine walking down a really dark trail that you can only see maybe five or 10 feet in front of you while your light is working. And you know, this is a strobe light. So it's going to come to you in flashes. So you, you memorize the trail 10 feet ahead and you go, just trust it. The light comes again. As soon as you get to the end where you could see it flashes again, you get 10 more feet. That's how it works. But you have to move your feet. If you stay in the same place, you're only going to get flashes in the same spot over and over and over again. So take the flash, walk those steps, trust it, 
and the next flash comes at the right time. That's how Uranus Sun trine works. So go for it. it. The metaphor you use is almost like testing and strengthening your imaginative imaginative abilities. Mm-hmm. One way that, as an actual practice that you could implement something to do to help you with that very thing, and it's symbolic, but symbols are kind of they are what they stand for in a way. So if you wanted to do an exercise where you sat in whatever room maybe you like to meditate in or just in a sort of, you you don't even have to necessarily be alone, just somewhere maybe that you're familiar with that helps to possibly be familiar with the place whenever you're starting out this practice. But take a good look around, absorb the environment, and then close your eyes and enter sort of a meditative breathing pattern while trying to imagine different parts of the room in as much detail as possible. Maybe just one thing in the room, really hyper-focus on imagining it in your mind's eye. Then maybe move out to that area of the room. Maybe try to see the whole room and yourself sitting there in it. But all these are ways that you can practice. This is kind of a weird thing I do while driving sometimes, actually. I'll close my eyes for like just maybe two seconds and allow myself to see not two seconds is probably too long, but I just try to practice seeing what I was just seeing without having my eyes open. I know it sounds ridiculous, but your eyes aren't even what see to begin with. <laughs> in, in truth, like your cerebral cortex is the activity area of your brain where you dream and you see imaginative things, and the frontal lobe is where you have active thoughts. And your body actually is proven with materialistic science has proven that your body knows. Your physiology knows what's about to happen. So even closing your eyes while driving for like two seconds of, at a stretch, if you're about to get in a wreck, your body will actually react before it happens. You will know not to close your eyes right then. I know it sounds silly, but all of this is related to learning to trust yourself because like you were talking about with those exit points, uh, gate, gates, uh, gate, exit points, gates, whatever. You uh, you're not gonna die before your time, man. Right. <laughs> Unless you, Unless you to. choose to. Unless you choose to. It's so a choice. If you know that what you're doing is foolish and could get you killed, then there's your answer. You know it. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> you're wise, <laughs> so be wise and make a wise decision. Well, this is fun. Let's uh, wrap up the free segment and get ready to take our break before moving on to talking to the plus subscribers. Beautiful people they are. Y'all are beautiful. They're listening now too. But the ones that subscribe to the show are extra radiant, special unicorn type people. We love you all. <laughs> Thank you for supporting Interverse Podcast. Oh, well, they need to support you guys too. And I want you to tell them where they can find your astrology services, where to follow online to stay up to date. Okay, first one. Um, if you want to see more about what I do with readings and media and books that I've released, go to Pi dash astro.com that's p-i dash a-s-t-r-o dot com and if you'd like to see some of our events one of them that we've got coming up is uh, in just a few weeks is the full moon metaphysical fair you can find that event on facebook chance is going to be there actually and january 21st january 21st thank you and then on the um in april the 19th and 20th is the festival of fairies if you like your face side and you'd like to see a little bit of magic coming out of the woods, um, we're going to have a bonfire and a big crescent moon circle. It's like 30 feet wide. It's been dug out of the hillside with huge fire potential. So if you like that kind of thing, live music, belly dancing, go to festivalofthefairies.com. And if you like blacklight and art, 
I hope we have you at this one next time, Chance, because your art would be fabulous with these 3D glasses that we have. They're the chroma key 3D technology. So what it does is it separates the colors on an RG. In fact, you got to try these. Put these glasses on and look at your shirt. Look at your art. It's just amazing. <laughs> these right here. This is the ticket that gets you into the show. And um, all of the art that is exhibiting there by, uh, you know, regional artists will have some kind of a, a, a bright color quality, neon, blacklight reactive. And it separates the colors so that the bright colors are brought forward and the cooler colors are thrown back. Wow, you're right. I didn't even realize, but just looking at my crazy Chris Dyer t-shirt I'm wearing right now, it looks like it was designed as a 3D hologram or something through these glasses. Yeah, yeah. imagine I, going into an entire event. With I'm sorry, I missed the last Dark Light Revival, guys. <laughs> I wanted to go. I don't remember why I didn't. That's well, to leave the the house. next one will be better because <laughs> you'll be there. Yeah, so if, if you're at our next one, you can experience it. I mean, we had Ren Pen there with her flower kids and I'm giving you a plug, Ren. And, you know, a lot of other really amazing artists were there that those glasses is just like brought out like the, the magic so but that is darklightrevival.com and i'm going to pass it to charles i mainly do wire wrapped jewelry um you can check out my stuff on my facebook page you can search for charles fultz i will be the one holding probably a piece of jewelry in my hand or something like that on my profile picture um you can also go to charles-fultz f-u-l-t-z.com and it's, it's a website I have. I don't really haven't updated it in a little while, but you know, you can see some of my things there and you can email me from there too. You can also send me a message through Facebook messenger. That's basically all I have. She took care of all the other stuff. <laughs> well, the best thing to do would be to come out and meet these guys at one of their events because the magic festival we went to was really cool. I'd like to talk a little bit about some of the weird awesome stuff that happened there even though i did a little recap episode of that back in september they can visit the website there might be pictures of you actually there (laughs) are pictures of you it's at gatheringmountain.com oh okay and i think we might have another one we we, we're not talking about that event just yet because we have so many we're planning right now but maybe maybe after the festival of fairies i'll look at it yeah but um you know it was fun i think i think a different venue a smaller venue might be more appropriate so it's closer together and people more feel close-knit yeah. Um, that was just feedback that we got from people that went. They said the only thing they didn't like about it was that, well, they had to camp so far away that they didn't feel like family. They wanted it to be tribal. So yeah. um, we're going to have a smaller venue for the next one so that it feels more homey and tribal and, and just like where you're really connecting with the people that are there, the vendors and the artists and everybody's really learning to love the collective energy. So that was really good advice. Thank you for the the listener that it, that suggested that. Awesome. I guess we've covered all the plugs and we should probably go over to our members only section now. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks for being on my show, guys. Thanks for letting me come over. Thank you. Thank you. This has been super fun. Can't wait for the next hour.
And we did it. That's another episode down. Big thank you, Charles. Big thank you, Desiree. Opening up your home and your life and your relationship to scrutiny from the internet people that are listening right now. You're great internet people, though. You're not just any old internet people. You're the kind of people that support independent podcasts and subscribe to things like Interverse Plus. Even if you only plan to be on for like a month or something, you could hop on for a month, check out the archives. And then if you don't really want to do a recurring donation, I understand that. Just do a one-time $5 a month donation. Check out this episode's plus extension where we talked about a lot of really weird stuff like aliens. We talked about invisibility charms, magical protection from unwanted police encounters, the connection between morality and magic, the occult history of humanity, our potential origins from different worlds. We talked about anti-gravity and flying saucers, how you most likely have met your twin flame already if you don't feel like you already know them. And then, of course, a great elaboration on the gears and architecture of consciousness and our electric body, the universal divine spark ancient ether-powered and magical technologies, megalithic structures, and an alternative view of history. Man, we even talked about creatively working out a planetary alignment that's difficult in your birth chart by exploding fake zombie heads. We also noticed that we all three have Mars in our 10th house, and it manifests differently for each in our lives. And I'm just giving you the latest scratching of the surface of the plus extension there. I know it sounds like a lot of stuff, but... I didn't even tell you all of it. I mean, it's one of those conversations where somehow you pack more in than a normal hour. It's kind of like their house. I thought that their house felt like a TARDIS. It looked small on the outside, but then on the inside, it felt huge and expansive. That's what this second hour is like. It's really like two hours in one hour somehow. Get in on that beautiful plus extension action with Desiree and Charles. You can find Interverse on Patreon. Through the show notes, there'll be a link there. You'll also see links to all the stuff Desiree and Charles are up to, which is a lot. I'll link to Desiree's book that's coming out. I'll link to our previous episode together. I'll link to the full moon metaphysical fair that's coming up on the 21st of January, which I will be attending. I'd love to see you guys there. If you're a listener, come up and talk to me. I'd love to get in touch with you guys in the meat world. Also look for a link to the psychic insights astrology website for desiree's services the dark light gathering we brought up charles-folds.com for his wire reptilery and coming up a little later on 420 is the festival of fairies that they're throwing i'll also be attending that i do hope you check out charles's raps though specifically because i have to give him a plug here before i left he gifted me with this labradite copper pendant it is so cool looking it's like a triangle of copper with this cat's eye labradite in the middle. Really like Illuminati shit. <laughs> no, but like positive Illuminati. I don't know. It's just cool. It's not exactly like the uh, all-seeing eye. It's like an all-seeing cat eye. <laughs> anyway, it's labradite, which is a stone that's supposed to enhance dreaming and sleep and all that good stuff. I'm not even kidding. Since I've got it, most nights I've worn it when I went to bed. And my dreams have been ridiculously vivid and meaningful, sometimes really immediately meaningful to my experience that I'm about to have. <laughs> I'm about to tell you a kind of gross story. 
I woke up at, to having a dream where in the dream I was stirring some kind of like, it looked like cake batter, but actually it was like cat poop and cat pee and kitty litter. And I was just stirring it around in this pan and it smelled kind of strong. And don't ask me why I was doing this in the dream. It's just what was happening. And then I woke up and my cat started really trying to get my attention because it had gotten cat poop on its butt because it has long hair. I'm sorry for how gross that story is, but basically in my dream, I dreamed about like what ended up being cleaning cat poop, but it just happened right before I ended up having to do it. So kind of weird. Anyway, it's not every dream that was about cat poop. That was just the one that I wanted to share because it's the least personal <laughs> and most funny and disgusting. You're welcome for that. But what I mean with bringing up this story is that Charles's raps definitely work as intended. They're strong, man. Just like Brandon Arnold a few episodes back, the intentional magic that's in these already powerful crystals that gets all wrapped up in the wire and the conductive metals that they're using, it's pretty potent, man. And especially this Labratite one, definitely helping me get more rest and sleep better. So thank you, Charles. Also, I want to remind you guys one more link to tell you about. Check out Elusive Tuna on SoundCloud for the music used in this episode. I really do hope you liked this episode about twin flames and relationships. And if you are interested in this kind of content, maybe I'll do more episodes of this nature in the future. Never really talked about relationships before, but I mean, what are we other than our relationships with each other in the world, right? I do hope there were some good insights for you in this podcast, but ultimately the only insight anybody needs to know is that if they're living their truest authentic self, then they will attract nothing but the best when it comes to relationships with other people. And if you're not looking for outside people to blame for your problems, then you're not really going to have bad relationships because you're not going to be encountering the monsters that you're creating with your mind. This is something I had to learn with past relationships. I would. Like we talked about in the episode, I would externalize my problems on the other person and be like, well, when they change, then my life will get better. But really, it was me that needed to change. And then I would look at them as having all this untapped potential when really I was seeing my own potential, but reflecting it into them. And it's not that they were bad people that I had to get away from. It's that that dynamic itself of not realizing your own true authentic self, projecting your virtues onto another person and you're judging your own flaws in other people. Both of those things happen simultaneously and unconsciously. But what ends up happening is you imagine that this other person is basically a monster and that's the dynamic that you have with them. It, whatever it is, whatever kind of problems in the relationship that you might be experiencing. Technically, you're manifesting those because everything's a reflection of you in your life, especially the stuff that's closest to you. And that might mean that for your own well-being and health, you might need to get away and get alone and break up with somebody. But it doesn't necessarily mean that. So, you know, just try to make sure whatever you're doing has compassion and love for yourself and others at its root. And I'm sure you'll be fine. Hope you guys have a really good 2019. I really enjoyed making this episode was kind of a lot of work editing though and that's why it took me a while to get out not complaining this is my definitely my passion and my vocation had a blast doing it would love to get more episodes out though so 
Please get on Plus if you're not. The more of you that join, the sooner there can be more episodes of Interverse faster. Thanks to you all for listening. Have a great year. Take care of yourself out there. And may the force be with you. Also your magic. And I love you. Goodbye. Goodbye.